One thing the building products industry is notorious for, and it gets a bad rap about, is being slow to change. And the reality is, as people, we don't like to change and we like to change quickly. So for example, if I want to see change in my physique, if I want to look better, I need to go to the gym. If I go to the gym one time a week versus if I go to the gym three times a week, I'm obviously going to look better and feel better if I go more than if I go less. The pace at which we invite change and the speed into our organizations can have a direct impact on the results that we see. This is so critical. On today's episode, we bring on a manufacturer who is literally inviting change and is inviting speed into their organization to make it a competitive advantage for them. Now, before we get into the show, I want to make sure you know about an exclusive event for building materials manufacturers on November 6th on how they can use and leverage LinkedIn to grow their sales. There's so many aspects to LinkedIn that manufacturers don't know about that we're seeing be successful in that marketplace to help get appointments with architects, grow sales with new potential customers, and just build your influence and network in a way that's organic. This is not some pushy sales tactic. There's actual tools and techniques that we know and we've seen work firsthand. So I want to invite you to go to vendio.com slash LinkedIn to get all the details on this event. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast. Helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I'm Zach Williams, and Beth is off on vacation this week, so I'm going to be hosting the show. And we have an awesome guest with us today. His name is Dave Boulanger, who's the CEO of Lighting Technology Group. He travels back and forth from China to Canada, and today he's in China. Dave, where, where are you specifically right now? Actually, Zach, hi, how are you doing? And uh, thanks for having me on your, your show. Currently, I'm in Canada. I'm just up north of Toronto and enjoying life on the lake for the one more week before I head back to the grind, as you would say, uh, in China. Very cool. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on the show. Dave, for our listeners, you know, you're CEO of of Lighting Technology Group. Can you just give our listeners just a little bit of an overview of your role, what you do on a regular basis, and then just a little bit about Lighting Technology Group? Sure. Lighting Technology Group has several channels of distribution, and those primary channels are a commercial distribution channel in the U.S. It's a, it's a big part of our revenue base. Project direct business, primarily in Asia, Southeast Asia, and some retail retail in Southeast Asia, Europe, et cetera. Um, and today I was going to talk a little more about the project business, how we work with architect developers, multi-location companies to provide unique lighting solutions specific to those projects. And also I'll dive into a little bit of product development as well. How we do that. That's great. And so just for my own clarity, you sell lighting products, LED products, to Asia, as well as Europe, as well as North America. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Our primary yeah. market is North America. Okay. And we develop primarily for the North American market. And are you selling directly to architects and designers? Are you selling through other brands? How does that work for Lighting Technology Group? Yeah, we sell through other brands. So we don't really promote Lighting Technology Group or LTG brand per se. We support our customers who are North American manufacturers and North American brands, and we develop products 
for them, for their markets, and we hope to fill gaps that they may be chasing after, or or maybe they haven't seen them, and we can present them with solutions for those specific market channels. I think that's really interesting, Dave, because you know one thing we talk a lot about on this show is like, what is working from a sales standpoint, or what's working from a marketing perspective for building product manufacturers? And the thing that you're having to do is think about, you know, almost two or three steps ahead from a product development standpoint to say, hey, what do we see that the market needs that nobody is supplying and then sell it through another manufacturer, or another brand? Can you talk me through like that process of like, is it, is it just a gut feel that you say like, hey, I think that this kind of light is going to sell or this kind of product is needed? Like, what are you guys doing to develop some of these ideas? What are in Hopefully, I'm not asking you a, a proprietary process here, but I'm just curious to know, how does your product development process look? Okay, it's a good question, Zach. Initially, I guess what triggers uh, product development specifically on a, some specific product would be the assessment of a need. So if we're supplying certain products, A, B, and C, family of products to one of our key customers, what we may find is that what we can do with the technology may support a need that they have that they may not realize we can fulfill. So a lot of times our customers have needs, but they don't think that it can be fulfilled with the current technology or with, with current products that are you know on their shelf. So we may hear them objecting to picking up certain business here or there and you know, reason A or reason B, of course, price comes into it sometimes, but, you know, it's an application that seems to be a little more unique or maybe a hybrid between a couple of product families. So then that sets us off on our development trajectory and we'll, we'll try to develop a solution or a solution can be a family of products, different sizes and, you know, colors and shapes and what have you to fulfill that, that need that we identify through our relationship with our customer, we try to look at what the market is doing as much as possible. And also we try to be as intimate and close to our customer as possible and really listen to what they have to say because they, in the end, typically know what they want and what they are missing perhaps is the technical side to realize that actually almost anything they want, they can get, especially with LED technology and where it is today. So it's just, you have a specialization with an LED that they, frankly, they don't have. And they're just coming to you saying, hey, I, I really wish we had this kind of product in the marketplace, but we don't think it's possible. And then you're coming, you know, background and say, well, actually it is possible. And we developed it for you. Is that how that, that process works? Or is it, um, maybe I'm oversimplifying things. Actually, not too much different than that, Zach. Not, not oversimplification. Maybe the only nuance that would be different is they almost believe now, I think we've worked together long enough with our key customers that they they believe that everything is possible and we've convinced them of that, hopefully. And so they would rather than say to us, you know, we just don't think it's possible, they'll, they'll say to us, hey guys, can you develop this for us? Because we want, you know, this type of mousetrap and they feel confident that we could do that for them. And, you know, I always say to my guys that if we sit in a room and we have a, a problem that we want to solve, there is a 100% chance that we're going to come up with a solution. There is no chance that we can't develop something in as far as a solution goes 
or that customer that has that requirement or that need, those specifications. With LED technology, and we make not bulbs and tubes, LED bulbs and tubes, we make integrated fixtures. So, so we can put together both the electronics, the, the physical, mechanical design element, and the aesthetics that the customer wants. In, in 100% of the cases, we feel confident that we can do that. You know, if you think about the four P's of marketing, you guys are really focusing on, at least in North America, it sounds like you're really focusing on the product side of things. You got product, you know, product price, placement, and promotion. Product is where you guys are really focusing on to say, hey, we've got to build something beautiful that's functional, that meets the needs of our customers so that they can go out and they can focus and make money off of that. They can promote it how they need to. They can brand it how it's needed. I think that's a really interesting space to be in. Are, are you finding that there are trends or things you're pulling from other markets because you're selling in both Europe, Asia, and North America that you're pulling into some of your recommendations and design or anything that you can see from a A&D perspective that's influencing markets across the globe? I would say, yeah, of the four Ps, we're focused mostly on product. I guess the second, close second would be price. We want to make sure that we can provide our customer with the right solution at the right price, because at the end of the day, they have to put it through their distribution channels and get it listed and specified and what have you. And, and so we want to make sure that with the right price, they have longevity there in their market with that product. And someone doesn't come in and realize that maybe they were the first movers and they're taking too much you know, for it. So, so they'll undercut them. So we, we've got to make sure we're priced right from you know, coming out of the blocks with, with a product family for our customers. So we're, we're sensitive to that price as well. Placement and promotion, that's our customer's role. And we think that the customers we do have are excellent. And we're really fortunate to have some very large manufacturer distribution brand customers in the U.S. market. Um, so getting to your question about design and influences, we do get some design ideas. We, we get them everywhere. We ask everybody and we look for everything. And Sometimes we get a design idea for a lighting fixture that doesn't relate to lighting. <laughs> so, but we have picked up some ideas from Europe. The, the taste in Europe is very different than that in North America. So we would take an idea that we saw perhaps in Germany and we may modify it and adapt it to more of a North American taste for the mass market in North America. How much does speed play into what you guys do? Dave, like, are you constantly trying to push the envelope and stay ahead of the competition from a product development standpoint when it comes to speed of design or speed of product development? Or is that not really important to you? Speed is one of the most important things to us. So we, we call it speed to market. Our, our ability to get to market quickly or to adapt a solution quickly for our customers is a critical part of our success. And I, believe that we're probably, I would hope that we're one of the fastest product development companies in the lighting industry. And, and I think that the advantage we, we provide our customer, especially our larger customers, is they have a, a lot of stage gate steps and, and in their processes that it's very cumbersome. We, we're going to rely on process, but we're going to rely on people, developers, engineers, and people that are really crazy about product design, development, and lighting specifically. So we believe that if our customer comes with a, to us with a, an idea or 
or request or a need, we can typically turn around solutions in 24, 48 hours, at least wow. sketches and, and drawings. And then within, I would say, seven to 10 days of that, we could actually produce a full working model if it's required, depending on the complexity of the product. So we turn things around. We take pride in turning things around very quickly for our customers. So we can show them actual designs and renderings that look like we've already made the product within 48 hours. They can take that, adjust the idea according to their desire. They may have an idea that was slightly different or, or elements of that that we didn't quite pick up on. And at that point, they can they can edit basically what we send through. And then once we get it uh, to a point where, which is usually a question of days, to a point where the, that we think we hit it and we've got what they really were asking for, then we'll make prototypes very quickly. And, you know, we'll just send them over and they'll look at them, they'll plug them in. Sometimes we fly over with them. Our, our director of sales and marketing is in North America, so he'll handle that with the customer on site at times, depending on the nature of the product. And we can be sitting back in Asia and we can have the same product and kind of play with it, install it, make sure everything's working according to what was requested. So speed is critically important to us. That's fascinating, Dave. The thing I was going to ask you next was in terms of speed, like what kind of feedback are you getting from the customer? Like you go through this rapid prototype process where you come up with an idea you quickly, quickly get a prototype if you need one, and then it can move into manufacturing you know, relatively quickly because obviously lighting design and demands change quickly or fast. What are you doing to get feedback from the voice of the customer or to find out like, hey, that idea, although it was really smart, it didn't necessarily sell very well. Like, What are you doing to close the loop in terms of feedback to always be improving? Yeah, I would say that we rely very heavily on our customer feedback because if we make something, we're truly not as close to the market as our customer, and we can't be. So we, we really have to rely on them to give us the appropriate feedback. And we have customers that are various sizes. And the larger the customer, obviously, then the slower the feedback cycle would be. They would have committees or voice of the customer, so to speak, type of committees that they would have to review. And then, then those committees may not sit together as frequently as we would like. So what we find is typically we're, we're much faster than our customers are typically because we can respond very quickly and, and it may take them uh, days or weeks to feed back to us with something that would direct us down a slightly different channel. And, and in some cases with customers that are kind of, it's all relative, I say medium, they may be half a, half, half a billion dollars in sales, but it's a dynamic of the customer. They may have key players in there that really know their stuff. And, and those customers are really interesting because we can get almost immediate feedback and, and then we can kind of change direction or, or just tweak it accordingly. And that's always lots of fun because then those customers are running at about the same speed as we are. So we, we get real excited when, when we get feedback closer to what we, you know, the solutions we've provided. That's interesting. I'm wondering, Dave, if I can ask you, and you can tell me yes or no about like how you see the industry changing. Because how long have you done this? How long have you been in this in the space in this industry? I've been in LED for probably seven or eight years, and I've been specifically in the 
lighting, LED lighting, indoor, primarily indoor for the last four plus years. So, so I've been around for a little while relative to LED, enough to understand it, enough to see some trends and changes in the industry. I think as maybe things usually go, what I've seen on product, let's talk about product price and you know our four back to our four P's. I, what I've seen on product is that product is much more sophisticated now than it was before. People, I re- remember when we first started trying to sell into Canada, actually, there were some retailers that just were buying LED bulbs and just replacement bulbs and, and tubes, and, and they weren't even thinking about integrated fixtures. And that, you know, that was, that was probably four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember one retailer in the UK, they were just launching about four or five years ago, the halogen lineup of lighting, which is, you know, now archaic. So, so I've seen, you know, the sophistication of the products go way up and the efficacy or efficiency of the product is greatly improving all the time as the LED chip technology and circuit technology improves, then the efficiency of those products improve. So also places like California having Title 24 in play, that helps push the envelope with respect to design and efficiency. I think that, you know, if you recall fixtures, incandescent fixtures with, you know, hot spots in them, you can see the bulb behind it. And now LED fixtures, the, the LES, we call the light emitting surface, is perfect. And if it's not perfect, if you can see just a hint of the, the LED chip around the edge or, or in behind the, the lens, then it's unacceptable. Whereas in the earlier days, that was acceptable. And there are still products out there. It may be perhaps more in the retail segment that that still is those type of products still may be sitting on the shelf but for the most part in the commercial and the you know the higher level led lighting fixtures you'll see perfect les you'll see you know flicker is another element the flicker free or the the level of flicker is now spec in such a way that you know that you'll get a a greater improvement on flicker glare is another element of lighting. I think there's there's so many technical elements of lighting now that have come together and improved. And then on the other side of that, price. I think that the consumer and developers are now benefiting from the fact that it's become so prolific that pricing is coming down dramatically. I would guess that we're probably at 20 or 30% of where we were when I started this business for, you know, Typically, the same fixture, same power, same size. I would say that that price has come down that substantially, which makes it that much more accessible, you know, to the general public. You know, yes, I think because of the product quality and the sophistication of the product, and relatively attractive price related to that, then it does become very much more acceptable to or attainable for mass public and in projects where. They may have been on the fence whether they should use LED or or fluorescent. It's hands down, especially if you relate it to uh, replacement of bulbs and tubes and what have you. That that's another cost factor that that plays in, or, or in fact doesn't play in when you, you're talking about LED. You could have a longevity in LED depending on the usage. If it's a 24-hour fixture, or if it's you know say only a 
for six hours a day or eight hours a day, somewhere between 10 and 50 years, you know, where, where you're probably changing bulbs every in, in a matter of months or at least years, you know, you're changing your, your bulb. So where it's going next, I believe is more mass customization. I think that a lot of our customers and people that are selling into projects, they would benefit now much more by having, uh, by being able to provide the customer, they would sell more effectively if they could give them their, let's say their bread and butter fixtures so they could supply all those. But then there are always those special fixtures that the customer needs based on design and architecture of specific projects. Well, they can actually have that as well. And not at a at a very reasonable price. So based on the network of manufacturers and product development people and the speed at which we operate, our customer could go into a project, they could offer, let's call it the troffer fixture, which is their bread and butter fixture. They could offer a great troffer with low glare, low flicker, and and, and great color elements. And, and then they, you know, their CRI rating or RA rating of 90 plus, et cetera. So all these technical attributes of that fixture, but then there may be uh, some unique fixtures that were developed or designed into the project by the architect or or the owner or collaboration between the two. They can now also offer that as part of the package. And I think that before they just couldn't do that. They would have to take fixtures that were off the shelf or in their stock room. And, and now we could turn those special fixtures or specialized fixtures around fairly quickly and get them over to the project in time to fit in with all the standard fixtures. So so there's probably a lot more mass customization coming into the lighting space as we move forward. That's really interesting, Dave. You know, if we were to look at the entire A&D space, you guys sell products into residential, commercial, you sell through, you know, to your products get sold to architects, designers, owners, builders, even homeowners for that matter. Where do you see that side of building products changing? Like, where, how do you see the industry as a whole shifting, not just from a product development standpoint, but from how products are found, how they're, how they're researched, how they're sold? Are you seeing shifts moving quickly in that direction as well? And if so, what are those changes that you're seeing? I think people are touching the manufacturer, the source of the product a lot more closely than they ever have. And I think in the, a lot of intermediaries in the supply chain, and now what we have are, you know, the, the manufacturer, the product development design manufacturer is, is much closer to the, the actual project than they've ever been. And I think that's what's allowing us to design project-specific lighting. We, we did a big project in Saigon, and 80% of the pictures were bespoke, and only in that building. And it was, it just relates to that, I guess, that dynamic of having the design development manufacturer connected more directly into those, those projects. So I think that there's just less layers. It's a lot more efficient. And, and I think the communication is so much faster uh, that it allows for a faster product development cycle. That's got to really help some of your relationships. I mean, the fact that you're built on speed, Dave, and, and then you're getting that much closer to your customer and giving them the information that they're looking for. I'm sure that full cycle or full loop information, you know, hearing from them about what they want, as well as what they're looking for and how you're supplying that, not only is that beneficial to them, but it's probably beneficial to you from a sales standpoint, 
And just being able to quickly get them information and really solidifies you as the, as a go-to manufacturer partner on the project. Yeah, I think the speed of response time and the speed of development, there, there are two elements that we have to be very cognizant of. And what happens is we, we get from our, our customers a lot of questions as they're you know trying to develop a sale in a specific project, what have you. So we have to respond to those questions immediately, you know, the same day and make sure that we provide a, a legitimate, valid response and, and it makes it clear so that they can respond, you know, to their customers. So that's one element of speed is that we we really become their back office for technical side, our customers back office, and where if they they can't answer those questions inside, they have to reach out to us. We have to make sure we're there. And then secondly, when they're developing products, you know, we think that every application is unique and develop and really deserves the correct lighting. And, you know, for any project, lighting might be 10 or 15% or even maybe even 5% only of the project. So we feel that it's not a big part of the cost of the project, but it's critical because the other 80 or 85% of the, of the, expense and, and all the materials and, and everything that went into that project, it, it could get lost if, if the lighting isn't correct. So, so we really think that we have to get it right. And we're really very passionate about that. And hopefully as passionate about it as our customers are. You know, as a CEO, I imagine you've learned a lot along your journey. <laughs> what advice would you give our listeners, whether they are the CEO or someone in marketing or sales, what advice would you give them to help them make speed that much of a bigger or better part of their value offering to their customers? I guess the biggest part of advice I would give to my customers is don't hesitate to rely on your distribution channel, on your supply chain. And if your supply chain can't support you with the technical support, or if that if there's any element of, of speed or response, on time or technical or even chemistry that's not there, then change your supplier or change your supply chain because or change the people within those companies so that you're speaking to the right people. I think that dealing directly with our customers at the highest level of their organization and ours is probably a key success factor. And, and you know, we we take our business very seriously. I'm obviously, you know, in a nice place right now sitting up on the lake, but when I go back into China, I, I live at the factory dorm and I, I work typically six to seven days a week and, I, and I'm very passionate about what I do. I love what I do. So I think that if we're connected to customers that are as passionate as we are and our customers, I would say, should demand that their suppliers and their partners in the supply chain be as, as eager to learn as they are and, and as passionate about the products as they are. So I, I think that and, and utilizing their supply chain because there's expertise in every channel of their supply chain. And, and I think that perhaps sometimes that's not, it's underutilized and, and they should lean on that a little, a little harder. We don't mind when we get questions from our customers. There's no stupid questions. Most of the time, they're actually very, very intelligent questions. We have sophisticated customers. So we're happy to take part in the process with them. That's great. Well, Dave, thank you again so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. I think the insight you have is super valuable 
on how to use speed to make it a competitive advantage. And I think that is a, it's a testimony to your growth. Like, I think that that, you know, is, you know, as you mentioned, directly correlated, you know, the, the race against time, if you will. So again, uh, thanks for, for listening as well. And thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Zach, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it being on the show. I'm, I'm excited, as you can tell, about something called LED lighting. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this market is going to go in the future. And I want to be part of that with my team. And yeah, it's been, it's been a good chat. Thanks. Excellent. And if you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.